Welcome aboard another episode of White Collar Crimes, where we show you the only color that truly matters in the criminal justice system is green. I'm Ryan Horn, the host. Great to have you aboard, as always. You know, for most of the last few weeks, we've done quite a few episodes on political corruption, particularly focusing on politicians here in my home state of Illinois. This episode is no different, and unfortunately, we just have a lot of it here. You know, most of it is from Chicago, but there are some cases, as we saw on last week's episode with uh, Rita Cronwell, the treasurer of the city of Dixon. You know, that was not in Chicago. Uh, tonight, we'll talk about Illinois Governor George Ryan, who also was not from Chicago, although, you know, was, lived fairly near. He was from Kankakee, Illinois, which is only about an hour or so south of Chicago. But we've just unfortunately in the land of Lincoln here had a long uh, history of, you know, political corruption and things like that in this state. Now, when we're talking about white collar crime, the difference is a lot of times with politicians and businessmen is motive. Where businessmen, usually the motive is almost always purely just greed or, you know, financial gain. With politicians, it's kind of a two-headed monster, really. It's a lot of times not only is the motive, you know, money and, and wealth and greed, but it's also a lust for political power. You know, we saw that with Bogoyevich. He was willing to sell, you know, the vacant Senate seat from Obama, you know, make a little money and also gain some political clout with it, that kind of thing. Uh, we've, we'll see that tonight with things that George Ryan did. Uh, we saw, you know, I think most of Rita Cronwell's was probably... Uh, you know, financially motivated, but sometimes when we're talking about political officials, it's usually a double motive in that regard, and that certainly was probably the case with Ryan. Now, as I said, Illinois, you know, we have a long history of corrupt politicians in this state. You know, we have a joke here in Illinois that uh, our governors are the only ones in the country that make their own license plates. Uh, but for those of you not from Illinois, George Ryan was the governor from 1999 to 2003. Uh, it was reported, actually, he was born in Iowa, though he did grow up in Kankakee, which, as I said, is a town of, you know, I think, I, if I'm wrong, maybe about 25, 30,000, something like that, uh, about an hour or so south of Chicago. And uh, his father was a pharmacist, which is a business George would later enter himself. And uh, after high school, he briefly served in the Korean War and you know, following his discharge from military service, he did also uh, study uh, pharmaceuticals and, you know, pharmacy business in college. And then he decided to enter it uh, in the, fi the family business, so to speak, and did pretty well. Um, from what was reported, the Ryan family had done pretty well selling prescriptions to nursing homes, making kind of like some, uh, you know, contracts, government contracts, especially with, you know, VAs and different types of uh, government-run, um, you know, agencies. But they did pretty well with it. And he married and had they reported six children, you know. So certainly had a large family. So I guess it's a good thing his uh, pharmacy business did well, right, where he could uh, at least, uh, you know, make some money off some things. But uh, he did kind of work his way up the ladder in getting in, uh, you know, climbing up the political ladder. He, uh, he started out, entered politics, getting elected to the Kankakee County Board, you know, which, you know, those of you who may be listening in other countries, you know, each states have counties they're divided up in, which are, you know, kind of like little territories. 
within a state and uh, they have a county seat which is uh, where the courthouse is it's where cases are tried well in a county government you have a board that's elected that they oversee business for that county kind of like a city council will for a city it's uh, how the you know county board operates in that regard and he got elected to that in Kankakee County back in 1968 uh, by 1973, he gets elected to the Illinois House of Representatives, and uh, which is, you know, like a, you know, Congress for the state level. And uh, he holds this office for about 10 years, you know, and climbs up a little bit higher then. So obviously he was a, a good co- politician, you know. I mean, he starts out at the county level, you know, then he, gra- you know, gradually goes up to uh, a state office. And that continued, like I said, for 10 years. And then he kind of gets in the big time when he is elected to a statewide office because the state rep, that's just for a particular district, which in his case was up in the Kankakee area. But now he gets elected to an Illinois office statewide when he is elected as the lieutenant governor running on the ticket within longtime governor James R. Thompson. And, you know, more on him later. But he uh, was elected to run as lieutenant governor and serve under uh, James Thompson, which again, those of you that may not be familiar, a lieutenant governor kind of acts like a vice president does to uh, the president. You know, they are there to back up if something happens and, you know, they have a few other duties. It's not a really, you know, uh, overly complicated office to hold, but, you know, they're kind of like a backup quarterback, kind of like what the vice president is for our president. And again, he holds that office uh, for eight years. You know, he holds it from 1983 uh, when he takes office all the way till 1991. And when he left that, it was because in 1990, he was elected the Illinois Secretary of State. Now, for those of you not familiar with that office, that is one that largely oversees uh, driver's licensing, you know, uh, CDL licensing, which you're definitely going to hear more on that in a little bit as well and uh, other types of issues that involve in with basically traffic. You know, they're responsible for the uh, license plates, uh, sticker fees, you know, anything that involves governing, you know, the roadways and things like that. And, the, you know, the traffic issues of the state, Illinois Secretary of State or any state that has that office, that's generally what that particular office is involved in. And, the, you know, again, he's, you know, got two under his belt now, you know, starting out on the county board in 1968, you know, and by, you know, 1983, he's holding statewide office for eight years. And now he's been elected to yet another statewide office because now he is the Illinois Secretary of State and he will hold that office for four years. Now, during that time, uh, believe it or not, some issues of corruption were starting to be buzzed about and talked about. Um, Then Illinois State Treasurer Pat Quinn who later became governor of Illinois himself later on, which he actually, if he could have any claim to fame, Pat Quinn could at least say that he broke the chain of governors uh, in Illinois going to prison because we'll see in a little bit how George Ryan went. And then, of course, another governor we've already talked about on this show, that you know, the one that preceded him was Rod Blagojevich. Rod did as well. Well, Pat Quinn was Rod Blagojevich's lieutenant governor, and he became governor when... Uh, Blagojevich was impeached, and he did at least break the chain of not going to prison. Um, but he uh, was very critical of George Ryan, elected some alleged a lot of corruption and things like that, and he did challenge George Ryan 
for that statewide office in 1994, but he did lose. You know, I can remember 94. That was a big year for Republicans like uh, George Ryan. And that was back when Illinois was, you know, competitive and either party pretty much could win. Now, you will not see these days again, in my opinion. This is a solid blue state, and I don't think you'll see competitive elections like this in this state again. But back then, it was like that. Um, so he holds that office for four years. Then he decides to shoot for the big prize that we have in Illinois, the you know top office that we have available statewide, which is the governor. And he does run for that in 1998. And even though that wasn't as good of a year for Republicans in that state as, say, 94 was, he did manage to beat it out. And he beat Illinois Congressman Glenn Pichard, who at that time was uh, my congressman that represented this district here in southern Illinois where we are. Now, I think Mr. Pichard is still involved in politics. My understanding, he's on one of the local college boards and whatnot. So he's still around and involved. But at that time... um, it was a very fairly close race statewide. You know, like I said, back then it was still a time when, you know, both parties had a chance to win these races. And he uh, did win, you know, did beat, him, beat Mr. Pichard, although it was reported that George Ryan heavily outspent him by a large margin, which we'll find out how that was made possible and not by legal and ethical methods nonetheless. But he did manage to pull it out and, you know, he becomes governor. And... One of his priorities he made during the campaign was improving highways, infrastructure, things like that, which, you know, probably goes hand in hand with, you know, what he knew was going on when, uh, you know, he was Secretary of State. But he did raise sticker fees. I remember that at the time I was uh, just, you know, not too long out of college at this time and, you know, began working at the sheriff's office actually around the time he was taking office and, you know, kind of getting out on my own and those things. And, you know, I remember back then, I think the sticker fees for your license plate were about 48 bucks a year, which even then was pretty cheap, but that didn't take long. Uh, One of the things I do remember Mr. Ryan did was he doubled that fee. Now, you know, he said the state needed the money and, you know, they doubled it to $96 and, you know, most people, you know, grumbled, but, you know, still paid it and Hoped it would help, but as any of you know anything about Illinois, Illinois still broke 20-some-odd years later. It's actually a lot worse, and uh, it's doubled from that, pretty much almost doubled from that. I mean, I just, you know, renewed one of mine here a couple few months ago, and now it's up to $151, I think. So it just continues to climb, as does the state's financial problems. Um, But he did raise that. He had some other controversial things that he was involved in, and I remember this as well. At one time, he, you know, flew over to Cuba and was meeting with Fidel Castro. What in the world? An Illinois governor, a state governor, had doing meeting with a dictator from another country, a communist dictator from another country. Uh, I, I couldn't figure that one out, and I actually still can't to this day. And it did cause a lot of controversy. I remember a lot of people in Illinois were like, you know, uh, what's going on? But... It happened. He met with him. Um, And probably the biggest highlight prior to his controversial uh, later on criminal charges, as you'll see, and this is another thing I remember because I was, you know, also working at the sheriff's office at that time, and we had some people in the county jail at that time for murder charges and things that were looking possibly at death penalties. And he issued a moratorium, which is kind of like a stay, on the state's death penalty in 2000, year 2000. Uh, He called for a review of all the state's policy, stating, you know, he still supported capital punishment, but 
you know, especially, you know, he said it had to be a particularly heinous case, but, you know, he thought there's just too many people maybe being wrongfully convicted or put to death and things like that. And he felt like it needed a review. And so all the executions scheduled ones in that time stopped. All the people on death row suddenly were no longer on death row during this time because, you know, it was put on hold. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that is it wasn't all that awfully long ago. Illinois did have a death penalty. We don't now, which his uh, predecessor, uh, one of his predecessors, uh, not a predecessor, one of his successors, I should say, you know, Mr. Quinn, I think when he became governor actually did away with it altogether. But we did have one at one time. And, you know, actually one of the most heinous serial killers in all of all time was put to death back in my college days. You had Mr. John Wayne Gacy, who you know, most of you know is one of the most notorious serial killers in our country's history up in the Chicago area, committed murder of 30-some-odd young boys that, you know, they found under his home. Well, if he did that now, he would not face any kind of death penalty. You know, worst they could give him now is life in prison. But back then, they had a death penalty. And I think, you know, Ryan would agree even then that, yeah, those are the type of cases he's probably talking about, that those are the ones that need to be locked up in ultimately do deserve the death penalty. Very heinous crimes like that, and that's uh, certainly a case that qualified. But he didn't, uh, if he did it now, like I said, it wouldn't be the case he would have to deal with now. He Life in prison is the most he could get. But, you know, Mr. Gacy, back in 94, I believe it was, was put to death. And, uh, you know, fortunately for his, the victim's families, that gave him probably some closure because if that happened now, like I said, they would not, uh, they would not see that happen. And in 2002, a couple years later, he announces, you know, he's not seeking another term. And uh, this is brought about because there's some controversy, you know, some of his corruption, just like with Bogoyevich. You know, when Bogoyevich was seeking his second term, some things were actually starting to come to light, even though it wasn't enough to sink his re-election. Uh, it probably was enough with Ryan with what was going on. There was a scandal called Operation Safe Roads. And this involved basically selling licenses, contracts, leases, anything his office could, you know, in exchange for, uh, you know, a cash donation, a bribe, anything like that, you could get these type of things, state contracts, uh, CDL licenses, you name it, you know, driver's licenses. The CDL was the big one, which would end up sinking him. We'll talk about here in just a little bit. But on January 11th, 2003, just a few days before leaving office, he commuted the sentence of all Illinois death row inmates, 167. So that means, you know, and this is a key you need to understand, because I remember when, uh, you know, Blagojevich, when President Trump commuted his sentence, it's not a pardon. It doesn't mean they walk scot-free. Um, it does mean that, you know, there are there is a change in their status, so to speak, and that's what he did here. Their death sentences were commuted, meaning they couldn't be carried out. It didn't overturn their convictions. They were still convicted of murder. They murder. They were still felons. You just, uh, you know, they couldn't be executed. The sentence couldn't be carried out. Now, speaking of pardon, he did actually pardon four of these inmates. And, you know, he became a hero to the anti-death penalty crowd. But uh, he was also denounced by many victim advocacy groups. But his downfall really got going when it was revealed that six children, which, you know, we talked about before, he had six children of his own, but they were killed in a crash in Wisconsin and the parents involved were severely injured. Uh, my understanding, they were pastors or involved in some type of ministry. And an investigation revealed that there was a scheme 
just like this truck driver that killed them in the accident, where unqualified truck drivers were getting CDL licenses with the proper bribe or quote-unquote donation. And one long after this, many officials in his administration began getting indicted. Um, among them, Scott uh, Fowell, I think is the correct way to pronounce it, his chief of staff and campaign manager. Eventually, Ryan was indicted himself, 22 federal counts in December of 2003. So he's been out of office really at this point almost a year because, like I said, he left on in January earlier that year. So he's a free man for almost a year, but then eventually uh, it takes him down and he is indicted. In September 2005, he goes to trial. Uh, and to bargain for less time, Mr. Fowell, if the correct way to pronounce it again, agrees to testify against his former boss, you know, for some less time and whatnot. And the pending corruption definitely did impact the 2004 election. I remember mentioning that on the Bogoyevich podcast. It helped him get elected because Bogoyevich's opponent was named Jim Ryan. That was the Illinois Attorney General at the time who, unlike Ryan, did not have a track record or of corruption or anything like that dogging him. But unfortunately, he had the same last name as George Ryan. And you know, research later showed that did confuse a lot of people in this state, and it really severely hurt um, George Ryan, that name did in that election, and, you know, helped elect a crooked governor in Bogoyevich. Now, Patrick Fitzgerald, who was the prosecutor who prosecuted Bogoyevich, he also prosecuted George Ryan, and he noted that the governor took in millions in bribes, and he got in exchange vacations, money, you name it, you know, again, for contracts, licenses, permits, all these things to certainly mostly unqualified people. And unfortunately, some people paid with their lives. Six young children did. Now, he was eventually convicted on all 22 counts on April 17th of 2006. Now, 2006 is when this happened. They said a little bit later, two counts were actually later dismissed by a judge. So I guess he got convicted in the end on an even 20 accounts, on 20 counts, I'm sorry. And in September 6th of 2006, he was sentenced to six and a half years in federal prison, similar to his former chief of staff that testified against him. And he served his time in Oxford, Wisconsin, and later in Terre Haute, Indiana, which is a famous federal prison, probably about three hours from where I'm broadcasting from you at. Now, he was represented in his case pro bono, free of charge, by former Governor Jim Thompson, his former uh, boss, so to speak, you know, the man whom he served under when uh, Jim Thompson was the governor of Illinois. You know, Jim Thompson's very powerful attorney beforehand and to this day remains so, my understanding, and his firm, even though it was estimated that defense probably cost them millions, he did represent uh, George Ryan free of charge. Um, and they did appeal this conviction unsuccessfully. So he continues to serve his time, and then in 2010, uh, he was granted an early release to be with his wife. It was reported that she was dying of a terminal cancer, and she did die in 2011, about five months after he was given this uh, early release to be with her. So a short while later, he returns to a Chicago halfway house until his eventual release reported on July 3rd, 2013. Now, since his release, he has kept a pretty low profile. Uh, he was actually, my understanding, about a month or two ago here in southern Illinois where I'm at, he did a, uh, a book signing. I guess, you know, maybe he has a book out now. Uh, who knows what that would be 
something he would talk about in it, what he would talk about in it, but he does have a book that's out now, and he was out touring around, and I guess still, you know, he's still out there. Now, you know, to be fair, at age 87, I doubt he's really going to mount a political comeback or anything at this age, but, you know, you never know. I mean, there are a lot of older people that are holding office right now, and, you know, who knows, maybe that's going to be the case here again. I don't know, but he... uh he did do his time and you know he's a free man now and you know unfortunately you know despite a very successful political career he will always have that you know to kind of tarnish his name a little bit you know because the sad thing is about his conviction and about his case is there were people that died in a lot of these cases sometimes people are ruined financially or you know even injured sometimes but in the worst extreme cases of white collar crime you have death and that's what you have here you know somebody that was driving a truck that should not have been and was not qualified not able to actually meet the proper licensing you know got one with the right bribe and the right donation and unfortunately it cost some people their lives it's sad but that's just the way it is he should not have been on the road but he was and that unfortunately probably will always kind of tarnish uh you know mr ryan's name and legacy so to speak and Unfortunately, like I said, in Illinois, there are far too many just like him and, you know, a long line of them. And we'll have other ones that we have down the road. And speaking of other episodes, we got some coming up that we're going to do. Again, we have, I plan on having, you know, occasional co-host Greg Yulinchich here soon to talk about scandals in the NCAA. You know, here we are still in college football season time. So should be a good topic of review. And if you've got a show idea that, you know, that you want covered, uh, please feel free to reach me on the Facebook page. Um, you can also uh, check out my website that I have, uh, ryan-horn.com. Be glad to provide you voiceover service as well. We do that on here in addition to this podcast. Uh, as I always say, you can donate the link on the Anchor page because Anchor is a service where our podcast is carried on. But as I always say, most importantly, we're just glad to have you listen more than anything. And we do appreciate those of you that tune in each and every week. And, uh, you know, again, if you got some idea that you want to hear, please let us know because we're more than glad to take up that topic, whether it's a, you know, a corrupt business person or a corrupt, uh, you know, politician. We just like to expose that these things go on because, as I always say, there's a whole lot more of these crimes that go on than what people do actually realize. You know, it's not reported by the news as much, and people just don't take notice. You know, street crime gets a lot more, you know, notice than this, even though, you know, this these white-collar crimes are just as serious and just as common almost. They don't get near as much uh, recognition and coverage that they, they need to, and that's what we try to do here on this show. So, again, great to have you aboard. Hope to have you aboard on the next one. Uh, we look forward to it. Stay safe out there. God bless, and we look forward to having you in on the next one. Take care, everybody.